This is Trek FM. Helling frequencies open. This is your Trek FM Hyper Channel for Saturday, July 5th, 2014. I'm Christopher Jones, and I have one story for you today. The Bradford Exchange will sculpt the future for you. News has been really light this past week, and especially this weekend with it being Independence Day in the United States, there really seems to be very little news. So I'm going to roll back to earlier in the week and talk to you about a piece of merchandise that has come out that caught my eye and it reminded me of... I'm from Alabama originally, and one thing that's popular there are these collectible plates. I think they're popular all around the United States anyway, but the ones I remember growing up were NASCAR plates, for example. They're plates and they're painted with pictures of race cars or other types of things that people are interested in. And you buy them and you collect them. And they're usually, I remember them anyway as being, you know, like $100 or so. Well, this new item from the Bradford Exchange is a sculpture. It's the Star Trek to boldly go personalized sculpture. And it reminded me a lot of these plates. And we just had a discussion on the Ready Room last week that was spurred on by listener Gene Russell, who wrote in to Questions from the Fleet, which is something that we do on the Ready Room, where our listeners can send in questions that they want us to talk about during the news segment. And if you want to do that, you can go to trek.fm contact and use the form there and choose the Ready Room Questions from the Fleet and send us your questions. Anyway, Gene asked about Star Trek marketing and merchandising and how it differs from Star Wars and how we would handle the franchise. One thing that I notice is that I feel like the market is flooded with merchandise for Star Trek, but it's not the kind of things that you would see with Star Wars like that I remember as a kid that helped me get into Star Wars and helped me stay interested in Star Wars despite the lack of any new material. Or at least, well, I was a kid when the original movies were coming out. So we would have those gaps, though, where there were no new movies. And then, of course, after Return of the Jedi, there was nothing for years and years and years. With Star Trek, there seems to be a lot of merchandise that's aimed at people like me in terms of being... I'm in my 40s, so I have I have disposable income that I can use to buy merchandise related to Star Trek, but like I do with the official starships. But it's not the kind of merchandise, I think, that helps grow the franchise. This particular thing I thought was very unusual, and the reason I'm talking about it on the show today is because I want to know from you if these types of things attract your attention and move you to purchase them. And if not, I would like to know what type of Star Trek merchandise you would like to see. Because for me personally, I don't find this sculpture very interesting. To describe it for you if you haven't seen it, and I will use it as the show art for this episode so you can see what it looks like, and I'll put a link as well over to the Bradford Exchange if you want to go buy it, It is the TNG-era comm badge, very large, and then it's got a United Federation of Planets flag behind it. 
and the flag is tilted at about a 45 degree angle and then it's draped underneath the comm badge and that's on a pedestal and then it has a plaque on the front where a placard where you can put your name you can have your name engraved and in the example it says Captain Matthew McCarty what this reminds me of is a war memorial it makes me feel that by putting your name on it it's like a memorial to yourself that you gave your life in service to the Federation. That's exactly what I thought the first time I saw it, and I found it to be a little bit odd. And therefore, I'm curious to know what you think about it. It's nine inches tall, so it's it's a, you know, a reasonably large thing, especially when you take into account the flag and the width of it, and if you put that on your desk... The way it's described by the Bradford Exchange is, who will explore the final frontier? You. Now you can show your love for Star Trek The Next Generation like never before, with the first of a kind to boldly go personalized sculpture, officially licensed by CBS Studios and exclusively from the Bradford Exchange. And it says you can personalize it, provide a dedication of your choice to be showcased on a handsome brass-finished plaque on the marbleized base, your name, name and rank, or a favorite Star Trek saying or quote like engage to make a stellar presentation. So I think for myself, what I would do if I were ordering it is I would get do a barrel roll on the placard on the front or maybe or maybe because I said this looks like a war memorial. It looks like a, a dedication to to me if I put my own name on it because I gave my life in service of the Federation, maybe I've been attacked by an Andorian. That would look beautiful on there. They say it's perfect for your home, office, or ship and makes a stellar gift for a special member of your crew. Comes with a certificate of authenticity as well. And it's $98.99 plus shipping and handling, which domestically within the U.S. is another $14.99. Or you can pay four installments of $24.75 and get this. So I don't know. For me, it's not appealing at all. It's actually a little bit weird because I feel like I'm memorializing myself if I put my name on it. However, that's my own personal opinion. And so I would like to know from you what you think about it. Like I said, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can go over and check it out. And if you like it, pick it up and and, and get something cool on the front, you know. Like if you're going to get your name on it, make yourself an admiral and and ask them if you can modify the sculpture the way admirals would modify their uniforms. But beyond this, do let me know what kind of Star Trek merchandise attracts your attention. Do you like shirts? Do you like glasses or mugs or the coasters that we've seen? If you have a pet, do you get Star Trek pet supplies for your pet? Because those are available as well. I'm just really, really curious what fans today in general find interesting and what they want to spend their money on and what would you like to see that's not in the market right now. Let me know. You can find me on Twitter. My username is C Brian Jones. That's the letter C and Brian with a Y. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash C Brian Jones and chat me up about Star Trek and about this sculpture. All right. As I said, that's the only story for today. News is very slow this weekend. I think it'll pick up probably on Monday as everyone gets back to 
work there in the states and and companies start to push out new products and new shows come out and and everything else that goes on over there in the world of Star Trek. I do have a little bit of feedback for you today though. Actually, I have quite a bit of feedback. I'm not going to do it all in today's show. I'm going to kind of split this up a little bit. This particular feedback is from SoundCloud and this is listener Seymour Bites and Seymour writes, "Nice show, Chris." It would be cool to have Fasarius-type ship with the magazine speculating about the interior. Also, it would be nice to have a Tellarite ship so that all Enterprise allies are available, or a Species 8472 bioship. Well, Seymour, you are right. A Fasarius ship, that's the ship from the First Federation that we saw in the Corbinite maneuver. That would be really cool, especially if it's modeled, and I assume it would be modeled after the remastered TOS episode, where you can really see the detail in that ship, that would be very, very cool to see. Unfortunately, I don't see that on the list anywhere right now. I think it would probably fall under one of the possible specials that they might do, where they've talked about doing the USS Vengeance, the USS Kelvin, the Narada. The Narada's one, that would be a very, very unique ship to see in these miniatures. Also, they've talked about doing the Enterprise in Space Dock or the Klingon Bird of Prey from Star Trek Into Darkness, Deep Space Station K7. These are some of the special, possible special ones they might do. So I think this ship might fall under that. A Tellarite ship would also be very cool. I do not see that on the list right now either, but I agree that it's one they really should do so that we do have all of the founding members of the Federation represented. I do have some good news for you, though. Maybe possible good news here. Species 8472 is one that is likely coming our way on the preliminary issue list where they outlined everything that they may do down the road. The Species 8472 Bioship was number 70. So that's way down the line, but it is one that they have definitely talked about, and they actually showed that ship in a promo image. So I think there's a really good chance that we might get the Species 8472 Bioship eventually. So that's one that I definitely want to have on my desk. So Seymour, thanks as always for your feedback and for listening on SoundCloud. I think you're the only person who leaves feedback on SoundCloud, but I do really appreciate it because I go in there several times every day to post new shows because we publish so many different shows on the network. And often I have a little heart right up there and I click it and it's a message from you, Seymour. So thanks for that. And for everyone else, let me know if you want to talk about this topic right here, which ships would you like to see in the official Starships collection, especially obscure ships? Let me know. There are a lot of ways for you to get in touch with me. You can find me on Twitter. My username is C Brian Jones. That's the letter C and Brian with a Y. Also on Facebook, facebook.com slash C Brian Jones. I have my own website as well, cbrianjones.com. And you can find the network on Twitter. Our username is TrekFM. On Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash TrekFM. Search Google Plus Communities for us and you'll find us there. We also have forums, trek.fm slash forums. You can send me a voicemail through the website. And we have a contact form at trek.fm slash contact. A quick network update to close out the show for you today. It's Saturday and that's our look at fan films. And I have a great show for you this week on Continuing Mission I am joined by Captain Kirk himself, Vic Mignogna from Star Trek Continues. 
along with director James Kerwin, and from Condé Nast Entertainment, Michael Prene Isbell, who worked on the Wired documentary Obsessed Star Trek Continues, which is a five-part behind-the-scenes look at our return to the Mirror Universe. And I believe I've told you about this before. We got together, we sat down, we talked about the documentary. We talked about the production of the documentary. We also talked in general about the production of Star Trek Continues and Fairest of Them All. And we learn why Vic Mignogna has always wanted to play the role of Captain Kirk and what Star Trek meant to him as a nine-year-old boy. It's a really interesting story, so tune in for that. You'll find that in your feed right now. If you subscribe to the individual show feed for a continuing mission, you'll also find it in the Trek of Film Complete Master Feed, and you can get those all over the place, anywhere you get your podcasts, including SoundCloud, which is how, again, Seymour Bites listens to Hyperchannel. Well, that's all I have for you today. I hope you had a great 4th of July and you're recovering today after a very busy day of celebration. Remember, if you're listening to Hyperchannel on the website, you can subscribe and have it delivered directly to your device of choice. And you can also get Hyperchannel in the Trek of Film Complete Master Feed, which contains every episode of every show we do. So grab those and check out everything we're talking about here on the network. And then I'll be back tomorrow with some more stories for you. Until then... Go watch some tracks.